This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. By Bets MGM on the BetQL Network. Jake, look at us. A whole segment talking actual sports betting after spending the first hour eh, talking food, shows, dating, subway, all that good jazz. So <laughs> let's continue the conversation in the AL. Um, and Rookie of the Year is the only awards market that we haven't touched on in the AL. Anyone that you have your eye on, some value plays, or anyone you've bet so far? Yeah, uh, so we've talked about this all year, uh, that we've been trying to beat Masataki Yoshida because he was the favorite for a long time, and he was not high in the war leaderboards. He was not accumulating war at a big, a rapid clip like some other players, and he felt very beatable because – Rookie of the Year is a very war-based award. Like Usually, you have the most wins above replacement, you just win. And that happened last year with Michael Harris versus Spencer Strider, where, yeah, Strider was you know the hot name. Everybody wanted him to win it because he was on Pitching Ninja, and he was going viral, and you know Quadzilla, and he had the cool mustache, and et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, Michael Harris had the most wins above replacement, and he played every day, and so he just won the award. And deservingly so, he's a good player. He's a good, you know, he's great for the Braves. Uh, but that was the basis of trying to beat Masataki Yoshida this year as well, because he was very vulnerable. He wasn't as good as some of the other guys that he was going up against. Now we kind of see that reflected, you know, this is a month or two later, and we see that reflected. Josh Young for the Rangers is starting at third base in the All-Star game. He's been awesome. He's going to hit 30-plus home runs, and he's on one of, if not arguably, the best team in the American League. Then you have Yoshida, who I still think is mispriced. I still don't think that he has as good of a chance to win this award, especially because he's been dealing with injury. He just missed a couple games for the Red Sox. They're probably going to you know, be cautious with him. And then mine and Ken's guy in third, Gunnar Henderson, plus 350 at MGM. We were banging the tail for him when he was 35 to 1, when he was 30 to 1, when he was 25 to 1. Ken famously had Tyler bet Gunnar Henderson for him uh, another, like, from a concert. It was great. Whole big thing. <laughs> Gunnar Henderson, I still think, should be the guy whose price is most likely to come down. I still think that that's going to happen, you know, soon, probably not in the immediate future, just because we're about to hit the all-star break. There's about to be some time off, but Gunnar Henderson is a guy who, oh, Chris Collins with voice. Now here's a guy over the last couple, four weeks, month or so, his overall slash line looks awesome. 313, 361, 575 for 936 OPS. Has really slowed down over the last 10 days, two weeks or so, 182, 283, Not great. I think that Gunnar Henderson, though, in the second half of the season, could really make a push for this award. The Orioles are a good team. They're a playoff team. They're a good story. And Henderson's just 
peripheral statistics still look really good. He's still hitting the ball really hard. He's still hitting the ball consistently. He's still being more aggressive in the strike zone and swinging way more than he did to start the year. That all still looks really good. I think this is just a dip compared to the absolute torrid pace he was on about a month ago where he made that charge from 35 to 1 all the way down to where he now sits at plus 350 at MGM. So I think that Henderson's price is still most likely to change. Everyone else, they're priced like this for a reason. Hunter Brown is plus 750. He ain't going to win. He's a pitcher. He's the you know third best, second best pitcher on the Astros. Then, you know, Yenny Cano, 66 to 1. He's a reliever, and he's not saving games because Felix Bautista has been awesome. Tanner Bybee, he's just a okay pitcher on the Guardians. He could probably be really good next year, but other than that, eh. Uh, Royce Lewis, who is another Ken Barkley favorite, just doesn't hit consistently. Estuary Ruiz, great. You'll steal 70 bases. You play for the ace. Sorry. Like, after that, it's just all these guys are really nothings. It's really young Yoshida and Henderson. I think Yoshida's price is most likely to keep dropping, I guess getting higher. And then it's going to be at the end of the season, I think Josh Young and Gunnar Henderson. There's a lot of ground for Henderson to make up. Young is, again, starting at third base in the All-Star game as a rookie. That's just how good he's been. There are some people who say maybe all these Rangers don't deserve to be starting in the All-Star game, and it might be Texas fans pushing the ballots a little bit. Maybe. That might be the case. But Young has been awesome. He's been really, really good. So I think it's a two-horse race. I think in a month, these prices for Young and Henderson are going to be way closer than what they are right now. Interesting. Okay, so... If you like Henderson, take him right now, basically, is what you're saying, because that's going to be dropping, and he sure. might be leading the Rookie of the Year uh, market in the AL. All right. Um, yeah, and, if, and again, that's, that's if you have nothing in this market. Like, if, if you already right. are leveraged on Henderson, great. You feel awesome. Like, I bet him at 35-1 to 1 a couple months ago. Ooh. I feel great, and I'm, and I'm fine just sitting with that and letting it ride. And I bet a little bit of young a month ago at 20-1, to 1 too. So I feel awesome, Bauer, but – you know, so there's no reason for me to run to the window just because I think Henderson's number is going to come down and get closer to Young's. Right. No reason for me to do that. But if you're somebody that has nothing in this market, maybe you feel more inclined to do that. If we go over to the NL, Jake, uh, MVP market, kind of similar to the AL, uh, in which Ronald Acuna Jr. is the favorite there. He's minus 350, not quite the minus 1600 that Shohei Otani is, but the next closest on the board is Freddie Freeman, who's at 12 to 1. You can take Acuna uh, at minus 350 or any other player, basically the field at plus 250. Is this the exact same as Otani, where it, this is all over and there's no point in really getting involved at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're getting really close to it. it we're getting really close to that position where. Ronald Acuna is going to be priced like Shohei Otani soon. And for good reason. He is on pace to have a 40-80 season, 40 home runs and 80 stolen bases, which would be record-breaking, which would be record-breaking far and away. He's been awesome. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Credit to all of you who jumped on Acuna when he was 10 or 11-1 to 1 before the season and had a feeling that he could have a monster season. I think we're getting real close to this being a dead market to a Ronald Acuna hit by bus factor for an MVP. He's just <laughs> been that good. And any time that you're going to have record-breaking numbers, you're going to be in the leader for winning this award. And not to mention that the Braves are the best team in the league, American or national, and that they are the favorite for the World Series, and that they just are awesome across the board. So everybody's looking at them. But 
you see Ronald Acuna Jr. highlights every night, and that's just where we're at with him. You see Ronald Acuna Jr. highlights more than you see Shohei Otani highlights, it feels like, because he just does all of these things. Yeah, Otani strikes out 10 guys and hits home runs in the same game. Acuna steals bases. He makes star plays in the field. He hits tanks, obviously, and he hits. he's going to hit 300. Like, he is awesome if, you know, this price is going to start going down to Otani-like prices as the year goes on. Uh, we are firmly in Ronald Acuna hit by bus factor watch. Hit by bus factor watch. I'm going to start using that. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> the NL Cy Young race, that is a little bit more Ugh. competitive right Ugh. now. Zach Gallen is the favorite, plus 225. Clayton Kershaw, plus 300. Spencer Strider, plus 600. Then you go up to Marcus Stroman, uh, 11 to 1, and so on and so on. Um a little surprising, not necessarily surprising the way he's pitched this year, but that this deep into his career, Clayton Kershaw is still at, close to the top of the board here for Cy Young winner. Is that surprising to you at all? It is in that he stayed healthy. I think the biggest knock on Kershaw coming into the year was, okay, well, he has this back injury, and the Dodgers over the last couple of years have been known to, all right, let's put him on the IL for a couple of weeks because he has this nagging injury that we don't want to get worse, and we just want to manage it, and we need him for the playoffs more than we need him to win a Cy Young. That's kind of been the thing, but for the most part, he stayed healthy. We haven't had a lot of issues as far as wondering about Clayton Kershaw's availability. He always had the talent still, even as he got deeper into his career, to win Cy Young Awards. It was just injury management and trying to keep him healthy later in the year. And now we've kind of already started to see it. He went on the IL. I think it was yesterday or the day before it was announced. He's going on the IL, heading into the All-Star break. And I referenced it in the last segment, like kind of more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, yeah, you know, he has this back injury and we don't want it to get worse, but you know, really it's because that the all-star break's coming and he's going to have like 20 days then to recover and just kind of rest up and be like, kick his feet up. Now, could that mean he still wins the award? Absolutely. Because really he's only going to miss one turn through the rotation. He's going to miss one start. And then probably after the all-star back, he's probably back. So could he still win this award? 100%. It's just now if the Dodgers are doing this already, it's July, you still have a half a season. Who's to say that they don't lock up a wild card and they feel good about getting into the playoffs no matter what come first week of September, last week of August, and they do it again. And they say, all right, Clayton, you go hang out at home or you know, hang out in the clubhouse, get some treatment, and then we'll see you in October. Who's to say they don't do that? I mean, obviously nobody can see the future. I don't know. I'm speculating here. This is not because I've heard anything or there's any information out there on this. It's just something to think about because the Dodgers do like to play it cautious with Clayton Kershaw, especially when you consider they haven't been as good this year as they have in pre previous years. The rotation has not been nearly as good, so they might want to preserve him for October for the playoffs instead of trying to push him all the way through a full season. I think that's what you're a little scary about. I wouldn't bet him here. I still think Gallon is correctly priced as the favorite. I just, this market is just so... So dumb. Me and Ken have been trying to figure out this market all year. And it's just like, I feel like me and Ken Barkley text twice, three times a week about somebody new in this market. Oh, well, maybe Logan Webb. Oh, well, maybe Marcus Stroman. Oh, well, do we have to talk about Mitch Keller? 
okay, well, maybe Strider's worth a bet if he comes back down. Okay, well, maybe now let's talk about Blake Snell, I guess, which really hurts my heart because if everybody knows about my bit regarding him, and he might just win this stupid award now. So, Kate, I have no idea what's going on here. Me and Kat talked about it a little bit last week. It might just be throw your hands up, flip a coin, and hope for the best. Throw a dart at the wall, and whoever it lands on, take your best shot because honestly, I have no clue what's going to happen with this market. I would love to say it's Marcus Stroman because I know Ken has a lot of prices on him. I know a lot of people do bet him when he was 25 or 30 to one. It's just, he hates the Cubs and he hates ownership <laughs> and he's making it very known. So they might trade him because they say, well, we're not paying you and we're bad and we could get a haul for you. So see you later, Marcus, like that might happen. And it's just so, so stupid. Is this going to be the Spencer Strider that we get for the rest of the year? Or is he going to blow up again and give up a million runs in a four-start span again? It's just, it's so dumb. The answer is probably just Zach Gallon, but I, I don't know. This, this, this market gives me nightmares at this point. I, I want to know why Blake Snell gives you nightmares. What's your, what's your beef with Blake Snell? It's not really beef. It's just, <laughs> this was like two years ago. I figured out that Blake Snell is a very volatile pitcher and he does and he gets priced like he's an ace. He was getting priced like he was still, you know, the World Series almost hero for the Rays. And then they traded him to San Diego and it just didn't keep up. It, it just he was not able to keep up those performances that he had when he was winning Cy Young Awards in Tampa Bay. But he was being priced like he was a minus 200 favorite almost every time. And there were just ways to beat him, whether that be opposing team total or you know, opposing team's money line or anything. And so I started fading Blake Snell and I made it my whole thing. Like I just made it, I, I made it my whole thing. Like this is what I built my rock on. I was fading Blake Snell and it started years ago. And people started to catch on, oh, Blake Snell. But there was always this year and Joe Ostrowski would always give me crap for it that, well, he had these stretches for about a month where he would be dominant. He would be awesome. But I was always of the thought that he would always revert back. Like Blake Snell would always turn back into a pumpkin. And this famously got me a handlebar mustache about a month ago because he's pitching really well. <laughs> well was and I was Blake like, all right, you know, Snow. he's going to, yes. And I was like, well, he's going to gotcha. turn back into a pumpkin eventually. He can't keep it up. And he's kept it up. And he, and that was about a month ago, Kate. And now here we are. He's still pitching really well. He's still going five, six innings, getting double digit Ks. And he's pitching really well for the Padres, even though that team as a whole stinks. But I don't know. He might just win this stupid award. This market is so dumb. I don't know what's happening. It's just so, so stupid. Nobody refuses to separate from the pack, which maybe it creates a betting opportunity. Maybe you really like Blake Snell and you find value at 18 to 1. Great. More power to you. I refuse to put more money into this market. I'm just here. Throw up your hands and we'll see what happens. I don't know anymore. I forgot that Blake Snell was the mustache man. That's where mm -hmm. it all comes in. Which, by the way, you grew back your the rest of your facial hair, your beard, very quickly. <laughs> like, you only had the handlebars yeah. for a couple days. Yeah, it started to grow in very fast. This has always been my thing. I, I you know, as a Arabic Colombian man, like, you, it's just the hand you're dealt. Like, the facial hair yeah. grows back very, very quickly, which was why I was inclined to do take the bet in the first place. You know, worst thing that happens, all right, I have handlebars, and it lasts a couple days, and then, you know, the scruff starts to come in. It's been less than a month. It's been about three, four weeks, and we're already back to almost, you know, the chin's still got to fill in a little bit here, but not worried about it. So that's why I'm more inclined to do stupid things like that because 
it's only going to last a couple weeks. I get laughed at on the network for a little bit, but you know, then you go out and it's a conversation starter and your friends make fun of you too. And it's a good memory. So, Hey, here we are. Great content. Uh, a little bit better than um, yeah, exactly. our BetQL colleague, David Dykstra, getting a tattoo for his yes. bet that he lost on Bet for the Cycle. That thing is not going to grow back or what do you, I don't know it's what you call it. Anywhere. That thing is here to stay is what I mean. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, all right. We still have to wrap up NL Rookie of the Year and uh, some teams to watch as the second half of the season moves on. So we will get to that on the other side of the break. Jake Hassan and Kate Constable here with you. And you better you bet.